if you do not have product market fit, the market is essentially working against you. So it will obviously be easier for you to have that fit and work with it rather than against it. Welcome to The Growth Club, the place for the next generation of entrepreneurs who are breaking the mold. Each week, we explore all things from launching, growing, and scaling your business. Think of this as your no BS MBA right in your back pocket. So if you're ready to dive into the world of business, this podcast is for you. Hey, hey, and welcome back to another episode of The Growth Club. Today, I am actually recording a first part to a three-part series where I'm going to be looking at how to launch, then grow, and scale your business. So today, we're going to be focusing, obviously, on the first part. So we're going to look at the go-to market strategy, the infamous GTM strategy that a lot of marketing experts like to look at what that is, we'll break that down. And then we'll also look at finding product market fit because that is also involved in your go-to market strategy. So we're going to be breaking all that down, what is involved, all the steps into launching successfully, making sure that you're gaining feedback so that you can then later go into step two and further grow your business and then move into scaling your business. So let's first dive right into defining what a go-to market strategy is. The go-to-market strategy is essentially the all-encompassing future roadmap to success that you are laying down so that you can communicate your plans effectively to everyone on your team. Even if you are a team of one for now, this is extremely important as it lays down the foundations and the plans that you have for the future and how you are going to move step-by-step through the process so that you can find success. This should also break down your ideal buyer personas so that you have that exact person or the specific profiles in mind when you are creating your plan so that everything that moves forward from here is in accordance and alignment to those buyer personas that you have set out. So your GTM strategy will include things such as research, market research, looking at competitors, and then of course, also including your value proposition, which is what is going to make you distinctive compared to your competitors out there so that you can stand out and make noise with a product or service that you're offering. So when you think about having a go-to market strategy, some of the specific benefits that would normally come to mind is the fact that you're setting out a plan for the next few months to get this launch into place. So this means you have an overall marketing plan that you are going to work towards for the next few months or even longer. And this helps to make sure that you are sending out specific messages across specific platforms at the times in which you need so that everything is running according to specific deadlines that you've created. Another specific benefit would be that This initial plan and doing it successfully helps you figure out whether you have product market fit or not. Now, I'll go through this in a little bit more detail in a second, but product market fit is the process of figuring out whether people in your specific niche have affinity and are drawn to your product without you having to push and force this product down their throats. Being able to work that out is a great process because if you can imagine, if you do not have product market fit, the market is essentially working against you. So 
it will obviously be easier for you to have that fit and work with it rather than against it. And lastly, the benefit to your GTM strategy being in place is that after having set out those specific guidelines for yourself and you've seen it through, it helps you uncover specific things you may not have noticed before, such as perhaps a stronger gap in the market. Maybe you need to niche down better, or you've also gotten responses from the audience and community that you have built so far to then apply to your next round in your campaigns further down the track. And now that we've gone over some of the definitions and benefits to having a go-to market strategy, we are going to dive into the different components that are involved within it. I would say there's approximately four components that are involved in this framework. So the first one would be your product market fit and figuring out what exactly you do and what problems that you are solving. The second component in the framework would be looking at your niche and your ideal buyer persona. Being able to specifically understand their pain points helps you serve your customers better. So that's something that is very important in breaking down. The next thing we look at is your competitors and doing competitive research and seeing how you fit in to the market. And of course, lastly, you cannot leave this out. You're going to figure out what vehicles that you'll be using to distribute your products or services. So let's have a look at that first component, which was product market fit. We defined this a little bit earlier, but let's define it again in a different way so that we can understand this a little bit better. Product market fit essentially means that there is demand in the market for the product that you're planning to sell. This is something that people will be willing to purchase because it is providing a solution to one of their problems. So how then do you go into achieving this product market fit? And there would be about five specific steps that are involved into finding that fit. So one of them would specifically be figuring out what consumer need is not being served at the moment. Where are people experiencing a specific problem that they need solved? This first step then allows you to better think about the target customer that you are going to be serving, better understanding their problems, better understanding how to message things so that it fits in with their vocabulary and their understanding of how they would phrase their own problem. The third one would then be defining your value proposition. What is going to make you distinctive? How do you differ from other products that are on the market currently? And how do you differ from your competitors? This would then give you a general idea of what you need as your minimal viable product and to set aside specific features that might be included as the base to be able to launch this to your IBPs so that you can get a better understanding and get more feedback. What is the bare minimum of what you need? And then, of course, moving into creating this minimal viable product and providing it to your customers. Okay, so that was product market fit, the first component of the go-to-market strategy. Now let's look at the second component that we talked about, which is identifying your specific buyer persona. This means looking at who exactly you're serving and really looking into the demographic, the interests, the affinity they have towards specific experiences or products so that you can better target them. 
Now, this goes even further into looking at what specific pain points are they experiencing? Why are they experiencing it this way? How would they phrase their specific pain point, their problems? How would they express their concerns? So that you can specifically understand the language that they use so that you can correct your messaging and make sure that it's actually speaking to those who you actually wish to target. This process of getting to know and understanding your customer is really a very much a scrappy process, more so than you would imagine, because this actually tends to look like you expressing your idea that you have to a few people you have in mind and you hear what type of a feedback they give you. It's largely a communication game. You just express your thoughts and what you have in mind, and then they let you know what they think so far. I've seen people do this through showing product demos, and I've seen this being just a scrappy idea that is <laughs> expressed to the buyer persona that you have in mind on a Zoom meeting and just getting feedback that way. It is really just a scrappy process. It is really not fancy at all. But even if it is not fancy, even if it doesn't seem as professional and polished just yet, this is not something to dismiss because being able to speak one-on-one with those who you think would fit that profile is extremely important because they might give you specific information which you have not yet thought of. That is crucial to how you fit everything in your marketing strategy in terms of your messaging. So it's important to actually speak with them as much as possible one-on-one, preferably on a call if you can, because that way you'll be able to understand things that you wouldn't normally be able to see and absorb if you were just talking via messaging, texting, things like that. So let's move on to the third component of the go-to market strategy framework. The third component would then be looking at your competitors and doing research. This kind of helps you amplify the process of finding product market fit, not directly from those who are in your target audience, but more so figuring out how to distinguish yourself, make yourself more distinctive compared to what is already available on the market. When you're thinking of a product or a service, it is highly likely that it is not a new invention So this also means that having a look at your competitors and really being able to do some in-depth research, looking at their strategy and how they approach things, what is their goal and what are the values that they stick by, that helps you understand how you can differentiate yourself from those who are already there. Now, in some rare, rare cases, you may actually be creating a product or a service that is completely new. So you do not have any specific competitors. The way in which you approach this then is by looking at the product you're creating and the problem that you are helping provide a solution to and looking at the field in which you're targeting. And that kind of makes up your competitor analysis, (laughs) which is not really your competitor analysis. It instead kind of becomes your market research. Now, last but not least, the last component to your go-to-market strategy would be looking at how you're going to start distributing the product that you are offering. If this is a physical product, are you going to go direct to consumer, which means you sell directly to those who are in your target audience and sell to them one-to-one? On the other hand, are you going to find a major retailer and stock within their many stores that they have? 
or if you are a service or a software as a service, how are you going to distribute your services online and reach those who you need to reach? Now, say that you have done a great process of laying down the foundations to your go-to-market strategy. You've planned everything out. If you have team members, you have provided this to your team also so that everyone is on the same page. You have done your launch. How do you measure whether this has gone in the direction that you want it to go? Have you found product market fit? How do you measure all of this to make sure that you have, in fact, found success? Plus, also looking at what else we can improve on so that the next time you run a campaign, it is even better than your first launch. In that case, some of the things that I personally like to look at is how quickly and easy was it to move someone from being completely unaware of your product to moving them through the buyer's journey. From becoming aware of your product, from developing some kind of affinity to your product, considering it as part of one of the products that they'll use, to purchasing your product. Another thing that you might want to specifically look at is the direct feedback, the reviews that you get from those who have tried and utilized your product. What I find with gathering feedback is you'll start to notice specific patterns that come through. People want to suggest specific things. For example, when I've worked with SaaS products, which are software as a service, so a lot of the online software that you see are SaaS products. When I was gathering feedback for those type of products, I would often notice specific patterns that came up. People were concerned over specific things or they would like to see an improvement in one specific area. And the more frequently I see it, the more unanimous that decision would be in making sure that this would then be a change that most definitely needs to be included in the next version of the product itself. Again, this is not really a complicated process. It is a matter of you speaking to those who are in your audience, who are in your community, and those who are also your customers. And that way you can hear it from them directly. It is a scrappy process, but the scrappier it is initially, it is better because that way you get more direct feedback. You can hear things better because if you're just simply sending out a survey, the feedback that you're going to get is not as beneficial for you because you won't feel the emotional strain that they're feeling or the emotional excitement that they're feeling. That's why having a call directly with them or speaking to them on a more ongoing basis will let you know about how they feel about your product a lot better than just simply sending out surveys. Another thing that you might want to look at is your customer retention rate. Now, once you've moved into the stage of someone purchasing, you also want to figure out their lifetime value. That's something you would also want to study. Another way to measure whether this has gone successfully or not would be whether those who are your customers, who are your audience, maybe they haven't bought just yet, those in your audience, those in your community specifically, how are they reacting to what you have put out in your marketing strategy so far? Are they interacting with the content that you give? Are they writing their opinions on your social media posts? These are all things that you need to look at to see what other people's reactions are. Now, one thing that might be a little bit painful to look at, but is also extremely important is churn. So how many people have stopped using your product after they've already used it? If they used it once and they stopped using it, that also means that you need to improve the retention rate there. 
to help increase the lifetime value of your customer. If you're having quite a bit of problem with churn and people not coming back after the initial process of trying out your product, you'll need to figure out a way to continue incentivizing those who have already become your customers to make sure that they are nurtured consistently, reminded of your product, and there'll be continuous benefits for them to consistently come back. How that has looked for me over the years is actually building out a community, building out a better nurture sequence so that they're also reminded of you on a consistent basis. Because if you just funnel people down to the bottom of your marketing funnel, they have made the sale. And that is the end of the customer journey. That is going to make it very, very difficult for them to return back to you. So a more lengthy and consistent engagement process is necessary to make sure that their lifetime value increases and so that you can continue growing and scaling and of course, improving your product. So that was the overview on what is involved in your launch process, what exactly a go-to market strategy is, how does product market fit fit in within that go-to-market strategy, defining those, then learning about the four different components that are in your GTM strategy so that you can do it successfully. And of course, then how to measure your success, the feedback you're getting so that you can then improve next time to make sure that your product is consistently improving because what is bad is not actually someone's bad opinion of your product. It's the fact that when they come back, there is no improvement. That's the actual bad review, in my opinion. Hopefully that gave you a better idea of what is involved in the launch process and how to set up your own go-to market strategy, because next week we'll be looking at the process of growing your business further, what is involved in that marketing funnel specifically, so that you can have a better idea on how to do that consistently. And then after that, we'll be looking into scaling the business further, how to make sure that you're creating a marketing flywheel so that the process of growth is much easier rather than having to eat up more of your time that you should be spending on your business. As per usual, everything will be in the show notes and links to anything that you might be interested in will be there as well. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to hit the follow or plus sign so that you get part two and three straight into your podcast app of choice when it comes out. And as per usual, keep building, keep creating and keep striving. I'll see you in the next episode very, very soon.